This week, I'm paying attention, John. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, Jeff from Keg Grove. Tyler from Keg Grove. This week's special guest, uh, an employee here, but also doing some stuff, uh, I guess, the majority of the time outside of here. He's a moonlighter. <laughs> yes. My name is Eric. I am with uh, McLean County Casa. Fantastic. Also a big uh, partaker in Wednesday Night Trivia. Yes. We usually lose, but we, we try. We try. It's all in the effort. All in the effort, Eric. Um, which came first, chicken or the egg? I mean, I, 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 you've only been with the Cake Grove team for a couple months now. Almost a right? year. Oh. Uh, it's like, mm, what month is it? <laughs> uh, it's been since March. It's okay. been since yeah. March. Yeah. So, like, right around the start of the podcast. He's almost born now. It's about, you know, nine months-ish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eric's been born. How long have you been with um, your program outside of uh, Cake Grove? Uh, a little over two years. Okay. A little over two years. Can you give not only us here in the room, but our listeners a bit of a background of yeah. what you guys do? Yeah. So CASA is a national nonprofit organization. Uh, it stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. We are a volunteer program that trains and supports said volunteers to advocate for children in foster care. Uh, our volunteers work with a supervisor with CASA, but they uh, get to know children in foster care as well as their foster parents, bio parents, therapists, educators, anybody in that child's life. And uh, as they get to know that child, uh, they are the eyes and ears of the court, if you will, and recommend the best interests of that child to the court. Wow. Um, so that was not read from either. That no, that, like, that was like straight no, out Guess how many times I've given that spiel? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to guess a lot. Quite a few. Quite a few times. You, you enjoy it, though. I mean, that's that's hard work. It's, it is hard. It is hard. Um, but it's absolutely amazing. Um, it's one of the most amazing things in my mind to be able to help a child who desperately needs it. I have a, a sister who's a social worker and, you know, in terms of that's the degree she got and she's kind of working with um, some folks with uh, prescription drug addictions and I've had mm -hmm. some friends work in the social work aspect of, uh, I think, kind of within the parameters of where mm -hmm. you are, but um, is, is your educational background in social work or? No, funny enough, it's not. My uh, bachelor's is in political science with a focus oh. in public policy. Um, oh. So like some transferable skills for sure, but definitely not the same background. Right. Um, I have a background with a lot of nonprofits as well, 4-H, Kiwanis, Boy Scouts, all those sorts of things at varying different levels from youth to uh, volunteering, whatnot. But so my, my background really comes in uh, working with volunteers. And so my position is volunteer recruiter and trainer. So I get to um, work with just people that care so much about making a difference. And that's awesome. Is this something that you stumbled into? Uh... Very much so. Um, I, I 
ended up being unemployed for about two months, uh, just kind of transitioning in between jobs. And uh, this kind of just fell into my lap and it was like the perfect, perfect thing. Sounds like we have dogs wanting to get it does, in the it background. It does sound like there's a dog in the house. Uh, <laughs> not a small dog. Nope. nope. Um, uh, so, so you live here in McLean County. It, it sounds, is, is this something that kind of takes you around the state of Illinois? Or are you kind of working so, with families here in the community? Or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. Um, so I'm involved, I work directly for McLean County, but I'm involved with the Illinois CASA program as well. Um, so our program serves youth specifically in McLean County. We have uh, on any given year roughly around 320 youth in foster care. Uh, we're serving about 128, 27, something like that. Youth, so we're serving about forty percent of the youth here in McLean County. But I additionally, um, I'm on um, statewide task force for Illinois Casa, and I get involved with their trainers group to help you know work with other trainers and just kind of provide the best sort of curriculum for the state. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, do you work in partnership with like Boys and Girls Club or anything along those lines? And um, so we have uh, we have a couple of different organizations that we work hand in hand with two mainly, um, and those would be the Child Protection Network and the Children's Advocacy Center. Um, Children's Advocacy Center is housed with us uh, under McLean County government. They do amazing work as well there. They do uh, forensic interviewing of children who have experienced uh, physical or sexual abuse uh, to kind of help minimize the impact of those experiences on the youth themselves um, but then the or other organization is the child protection network and they uh, are kind of our fundraising arm being that we are through the government we cannot accept gifts directly we gotcha. cannot accept donations directly so uh, through them uh, they help support us yeah Interesting. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, I guess, um, I feel as though your hands are tied because you can't necessarily give too many. Uh, yeah, you can't. Obviously, examples yeah, there's a lot of things, things that, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, so let's, I guess, yeah, give, can you give us like a hypothetical situation where your agency may be involved and like, like you kind of told us what you do. But like, how do your volunteers advocate for the child? And you know, give like yeah, yeah I can some, talk. I can talk to that I mean. for sure. Um, so of those, you know, three hundred some cases of uh, youth who are involved in the juvenile abuse and neglect court system, the judge tries to reserve CASA volunteers for the more serious cases, the ones that he believes need an extra set of eyes or ears uh, on the case, where he wants that extra input. Um, once he says, I want a CASA on this case, we try and match up that case to our volunteers' preferences. Maybe they're only comfortable with one kiddo at a time. Maybe they're cool with a whole family unit. Maybe they like certain age ranges, um, what have you. Um, and then we pair up that volunteer with that case. They'll only ever have one case at a time, um, whether that be a couple of kids in the family unit. But... Um, 
once they are paired up with that case, they are matched with a case supervisor, and so they're kind of a, a team, CASA team, and get to know, uh, then go out and get to know the kiddo. Uh, they meet with the child at, at the foster parent's house. They observe um, interactions with bio parents. They'll go visit them at the school. Uh, anywhere that child is going to be, they want to know because they want to see what's really going on in that child's life. Uh, they stay with that case throughout the entirety of the case while that child is, while foster parents are uh, attempting to uh, gain parental rights back. Sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes uh, the child goes to adoption, sometimes it's reunification. Mm -hmm. uh, we always hope for reunification, of we course. always want that, um, but we know that that's not always possible so once permanency is achieved um, the casa is no longer obligated to be with that uh, family but oftentimes we find that that person has made a huge connection with that child and those relationships definitely continue on later right. on in life that's cool yeah that's very cool I mean, it's kind of like, it's, it's such a combination of, like, Big Rose, Big Sisters kind of thing. Mentor, to, but also guardian. To others, right? And like you said, child protection. And all these, I mean, it's such like a conglomeration of so many services that are, that are offered. I mean, until I met you, I had no idea CASA even existed. I mean, you you have been the one to educate me the most. And still, when John asks, so where is he working? <laughs> well, here's what I know. I kind of got it. It's... We're, you know, we're definitely a smaller organization, um, and if you is aren't... This a, sorry to interrupt. Is it a national thing, or is it just yep. an Illinois thing? Okay. Yeah, so we, we are in 49 states. We started in um, 1977 in Seattle, Washington. There was a judge, Judge Sokup was his name, uh, and he had to make it's a life... the history points right? as well. Yeah. Oh, I know it. it. I know yeah. it all. Uh, he knew... Uh, he had to make a life-altering decision for a three-year-old child in care and just felt like he did not have the information that he needed. Um, so he said, maybe we'd be able to get some people that would get to know this child. And uh, he was hoping for maybe two or three and about like 50 showed up to the courtroom uh, wow. asking to be trained. And since then, you know, 40 plus years later, we've grown to 49 states so which state is not I, i'm not certain i think it's south dakota huh. Huh. so they're special all right mm. i'm, not, I'm yeah. not totally certain i think it's south dakota mm. but you're gonna like get that one random south dakota casa that's like <laughs> no you're wrong <laughs> right. we're bringing them up north to north dakota <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. you know this is one of those circumstances that um I feel as though the majority of the time, you're kind of dealing underneath this umbrella of negativity, right? I mean, if everything's happy-go-lucky, positive within these circumstances, uh, I mean, I don't want you to necessarily go down in any specific detail, but uh, this time of year, last week, we we're talking about all those warm, fuzzy feelings. Right, about yeah, Toys for Tots and the you know, winds helping out life. all these families. and Yeah, yeah. Um, any nondescript great stories that you have personal memories of that you could potentially kind of nondescriptly oh uh, there's so many so many that I could think of um, or even examples for like anybody listening to like John said there obviously there's a lot of those 
danger words kind of get dropped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm sure a lot of reunifications happen and a lot of positives come out of everything. We do. You know? yeah. We do. We have uh, this past year, I think about 60% of our permanency uh, establishments were reunification. So that, that was the majority reunification this past year. So that's that's fantastic. It's It's always incredible to see a parent who has experienced so much in and of themselves oftentimes dealing with substance abuse domestic violence those those really difficult things overcome those and you know remedy the reasons why that child came into care um but additionally you know that isn't always the case but adoption is a beautiful thing too and we've, we've had some beautiful families come together um through adoption as well there there's so many success stories in so many different capacities but um what's really cool is on average when a casa is assigned to a case that case is reduced on average of eight months which to us as adults probably doesn't seem like that much right, but when sure. you, you know you're that three years old period yeah when you're three years old eight months is that's a lot of time yeah so seeing that child find a home a permanent home that much quicker is um it's always inspiring about how many cases do you guys have a year? Um, I cannot think of the number of cases that we have. Uh, I think it was like between 80 and 90. It was, okay. It was 127 children that we served the okay. past year. But within um, families. But yeah, with family right, groups, right. sometimes it's, you know. Um, so, I mean, I like, so that's, to me, that's like a positive too. Like, in my head, I was like, what, is it like 500 kids? Is it like, you know what I mean? But, I mean, that's... I don't know how to even say a reasonable number, but that's a seems yeah. to me like a, it's right. not it's I mean, zero. It, it, yeah. yeah, it's like it's sad that it has to happen, but it's not as scary as I was worried. It's one of those. Yeah. It's yes. like wish we didn't have to have you, right? <laughs> that, yes. But we're glad yeah. you're here. And honestly, I I think our volunteers are literally just superheroes. They're some of the best people, and I'm so so privileged to get to work with these people that just give up their time and their energy you know not this is their like emotional energy that they could be spending with family and friends uh, and they choose to you know take on some of the emotional hardship and labor to make sure that a child is cared for Um, I think there's nothing more honorable than that and you you said you guys need you always need volunteers always Always, always, always need volunteers. We're serving about 42% of the youth in the juvenile abuse and neglect court system. So our goal and our hope is that every child has an advocate, yeah. you know. Um, I think ev- nothing will ever come from harm with one more loving person in right. a child's life, right? So what does it look like to become a volunteer? Yeah, great question. So um, in McLean County, uh, you have to be 23 years old. Um, there is an application, references, interview, background check. And then we do a pretty extensive training for our volunteers to kind of get them prepared. Because if you have no experience in the foster care world, this could be a little daunting. Yeah. Um, so if you have no experience working with um, youth uh, who have experienced trauma, who have experienced what it's like to have uh, parents that have substance abuse or domestic violence in the home 
Um, we talk about these things really in depth and as well we want to make sure our volunteers are culturally competent to where they're you don't have to know every single culture in the world but we want to make sure you know how to work with uh, cultures different cultures other than your own your own which oftentimes volunteers do yeah that makes sense is there a capacity you know um, in which that you can volunteer but not necessarily on this full time it seems as though CASA um, volunteers are with the case for the entirety of the case from what mm -hmm. I understand thus far yeah. is there a, a part-time of sorts that with our program not exactly that's where a lot of folks that want to help CASA end up working with Child Protection Network so that they know like they can do some events to help the work of uh, of CASAs and it always helps it really really does um, especially with COVID grant funding is never never for sure um, yeah. so that's where having that kind of backup uh, child protection network to help us is always always helpful um, you know we they do some fantastic events uh, locally some smaller events but then anything up to you know scaling off the side of the Marriott with the, <laughs> yes they do um, yes yeah. So, like, you know, it's cool. There's there's plenty of different opportunities. Uh, and even then, I'd say being in a child's life in any capacity is helping. Really, at the end of the day, um, whether that be through Big Brothers, Big Sisters, any sort of mentorship program, you are always making a difference. Huh. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> I mean, I, as a teacher, I mean, some of the best uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters we had Tylerson right here was one for a little while. I mean, they just came in on uh, lunch breaks and they made such a difference in those kids' lives. And I mean, it, it's it's it was it was remarkable to watch all the time. Yeah. You know, I will also say the biggest time commitment really is upfront with a thirty-hour training. After that, being a casa, it fluctuates for sure. Um, you know, you're getting ready for a court case. Um, you're authoring a court report to the court. Maybe that's a little bit more time consuming. Um, but on average, it's about five to 10 hours a month. Um, and you know, any dates that would be like for um, meetings with DCFS, uh, court hearings, what have you, those dates are given well in advance. Um, sure. And everything else is honestly pretty flexible. So um, we're. You know, you don't have to be retired to do this. You don't have to have a fully open schedule. We will work with you. Uh, and additionally, we also have um, supervisors that work hand in hand and kind of hold your hand, especially your first case. Right. Uh, because, again, it can that, be a little daunting yeah, and we get be... that. But, like, we are here to support you 100%. And, in fact, that's, like, the best feedback we get from our volunteers as they're like wow i didn't realize we were going to be so supported this is amazing i feel so confident in what i'm doing it's not like you just left out to dry in a courtroom and <laughs> like, hey, yeah. hey thanks hey. for coming in bye yeah. get up here <laughs> no. uh, yeah that'd be, that'd be nerve-wracking but no i mean it sounds like you guys have a lot of support so i mean what is your direct role are you a trainer? It yeah. sounds like it yeah. sounded that way. So I am the recruiter and trainer. So by recruiting, I get to go out into the community and talk about CASA. Here you are. Here I am. <laughs> um, and then as well, uh, I get to facilitate training, which is really one of the highlights of my job because I just love talking to people that care. Yeah. You know? 
it sounds like that's a pretty one-on-one kind of training yeah. situation even yeah which is cool because you know in a group of people it's like i don't want to ask right <laughs> right you know but yeah. at least when it's like that small group or one-on-one mm-hmm. it's like okay so let me get this straight you know what i mean like it's it's way more personal yeah and we were able to break down scary complicated topics into very personable um relatable experiences in which we humanize a lot of these things Hmm. that's incredible yeah the ability to have conversations of such traumatic things with you know an age group that's Mm -hmm. still kind of blossoming is a real skill oh yeah oh yeah for sure and then to be able to teach that to another person to be able to have to do is a daunting task which brings me to uh, when it comes to a hypothetical volunteer applying to Mm -hmm. work with you guys are you the one that kind of says yes or no of whether or not uh, someone is worthy to be a volunteer within the system? Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So we there's a thorough screening, and um, we find that the people that come to us are pretty self-selecting, and they're the kind of people we already want. Right. You know? My right. follow-up to that is, yeah, <laughs> good stories of, uh, no. Um, no th- thank you. Thankfully, I have not had that. Um, I've had some folks in emails where um, I was a little concerned uh, and then you know I I got to meet them and I was like wow these people are absolutely amazing Um, so no I I thankfully have never had any sort of um, sort of situation like that that's that's a good problem to have right yeah I guess if people are coming in to to give their time you're always willing to say yes, but yeah, um, I always feel as though there's a bad egg in there somewhere. There's, there, the there's going. Oh, <laughs> somewhere. I, yeah. I'm sure there is, but like I think, like Eric said, um, I mean, if you if you're driven to do something like that, or in any capacity, like we had uh, Troy on last week, you know, he's driven to do that. You know, usually you're if it's something that interests you and you're driven to do, you're usually kind of self-fitting to it. Right. Yeah. You, you know so. what I'm they saying? They screen themselves. Right. I mean, it's not like there. applying for a job. You're you're applying to give of yourself, and and when you're giving, there's a lot more thought put into it. I mean, I can say I applied for a lot of jobs in my day. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about the check, John. Yeah. I mean, time is a, a a lot more valuable resource at the end of the day than dollar signs, and you know, when people are giving up their time mm-hmm. with no money attached. Yeah. 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 I will say what we really need we need more men and we need more people in diverse of diverse backgrounds um oftentimes are we're thankful for every single volunteer that we get but we also know the power of having a strong male role model in a child's life when oftentimes a lot of these children do not have strong male role models so um if i'm gonna ask anybody specifically it's like please give us more men Please give us more people of diverse backgrounds. So out of curiosity, and you don't have to answer this if you can't, but working for CASA, can you also be a volunteer? I can. In our program, I cannot. Okay. Um, it's Not to put you on the edge there. No, but you know no. I mean? um, to me, you're the kind of person that would definitely do it. Oh, no, I totally would. You I know totally what I mean? Would. And, you know... Um, who knows what the future holds people often change careers multiple times but i think if and when i probably end up changing careers 
you will probably find me taking an oath in a courtroom pretty That's shortly cool. after. That's cool. Yeah, because I mean, it, it takes a special person. I mean, like, I mean, you you sit here and you talk about it, and I'm like, man, I should get off my my butt <laughs> <laughs> and do that, right? You know, yeah, I know I am, <laughs> I but it, this it, is yeah. a different audience, yeah, right? Right. And, and I'm like, you know, but then I also think of the reality. Okay, so I'm working between sixty to eighty hours a week right now, <laughs> and, a bit um, much. and and could I do it to the best of my ability right now? I probably couldn't. But at another point in time in my life, that may be a possibility, and it's good to know about these things. My, my father-in-law and mother-in-law volunteer so much in different organizations. One of their favorites is in a local hospital. They have like a kind of nursing home ward in it and stuff, and they do a lot of time there and, and many other things too. But that's always kind of moved me, right? Like, so they both retired, and they didn't stop. Like, they still have, like, a full-time job of volunteering and giving to others. Yeah. They never turned that off. Um, and, and it's always been impressive. I mean, my parents do a little bit, too, and it, it's always neat to see that. And I guess getting older, I think about it more. You know, yeah. and I think about, like, I'd love to do it, but then I feel like, oh, you're not doing anything. But you know what I mean. You yeah. go through those internals. Yeah. No, and, I, uh, I get it. And I think... Um, it, it's up to everyone to figure out, you know, what is right for you and right in the moment. Like yeah. I said, this is, it's not just time. It is also emotional labor yeah. as well. Um, and so we want to make sure we always espouse volunteers. We want you to be taking care of your mental health. We want to be taking care of, um, you know, that personal time that you need to do to recharge, to be the best that you can be. Uh, so if you need to take a few months off, a year off, two years off in between cases to make sure that you're emotionally ready, that's fine. That's yeah. great. We want we want you to be the best that you can be so that you can serve the best that you can. So you, you talked a little bit towards like, um, I mean, obviously most cases have a fostering element mm -hmm. and some cases go to an adoption kind of situation. Um, I mean, I don't know how much your organization works with those situations or, I mean, just in case of somebody listening, like, you know, maybe, maybe I can't be a CASA representative, but maybe I'm interested in fostering or maybe I'm interested in adoption. I mean, is there anything yeah. that you could speak toward? Because so, they're lesser spoken of things. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, there's so many different possibilities. Um, and everything fits everybody's schedule differently. Okay. What we find oftentimes is a lot of people that do want to foster but aren't ready or in a place to foster yet because that's objectively a you know it's a tough. bigger a bigger time commitment, bigger emotional commitment, um, just a bigger commitment in general. We find that a lot of people that are like I'm I want to but I don't know if I can but still want to make a difference in foster care. Uh, end up becoming a CASA oh, okay. as a sort of like sure. kind of get familiar not, not with like it. a trial period no, but like yeah. a still Walk sort of run. Yeah. yeah exactly and you get a little bit more versed in the foster care world and it it sets you up for sounds success like a lot well. of legal terms that you kind of need to have yeah an inside scoop on well, I mean, and that's like why we have up. training well I mean even speaking <laughs> to what you're saying I mean I, I'll share I mean um my son my wife and I adopted at birth um mm. He's not biological, but I mean, we, he's the best kid in the world to us, you know? Yeah. Um, and we've always talked about other possibilities, not being a newborn, but 
we've gone back and forth. I mean, there's no knowing, but like just just hearing like the things you talk about and the different things, it's like I, I don't think enough people know the routes and the avenues and what's out there across the board. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's intimidating, right? I think there's more people that are willing to give in different ways, but it's so personal and so emotional, like you said. That's hard. Yeah. You know, and, and if you don't know the easiest answer is, well, no. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's just well, avoidance. And, and that's the thing. It's... We are so easy to talk to and to help point you and guide in the right direction. DCFS also... I know you say DCFS and it sounds a little... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> exactly. Um, but they are... I swear they are kind, very loving people who... who They're looking who, out for the best. Exactly. They, they are here to serve children and families as well. But, like, talk to them. Talk to the baby fold. Talk to... Um, why can I not think of any of our agencies here? <laughs> Children's right. Home and Aid. Oh, yeah. yep, yep, um, yep. You know, there are so many local organizations that... Uh, <laughs> water bottle right in front of us. Sponsored water bottle. Yeah, all good. That would love to talk about the ways that you can make an impact. And there's also volunteering with a lot of those organizations as well. Right. Um, kind of baby steps almost, right? It's true. You know like, I mean? it, it, it takes such a village. It does... And there are so many organizations that we can work with to uh, collaborate for, to help that village. Those are strong thoughts. Yeah. No, uh, in the time of year where we're trying to not think about ourselves so much. Yeah. Uh, no kidding, right? It's, um, it's great to know that there are people out in the world doing these types of things and taking a lot of the team on their back. Well, to, it's kind of like what Eric said, too, is that there... The, so often in society we think of a lot of the things he's brought up as negative but there's circumstances you know circumstances but but it's like not bad people right they're not bad people it's everybody's trying to help and it's sometimes it's just complicated situations and i mean to see things in a different light changes perspectives when we go through training um we preach look at things through a strengths-based approach look at families through a strengths-based approach a lot of these subjects, like I said, substance abuse, domestic violence, they're really, really heavy, but you can find strengths and resiliency in these cases, and oftentimes you find the most resiliency in the children themselves. Mm -hmm. And you are able to be someone, everyone is able to be someone to help foster that resilience in that child, to help break cycles, to help you know our community improve and become better. Are there, like, when it comes to the training process, core values or anything, you know, your mission statement that, you know, yes, it applies to what you're doing with CASA, but I wish everyone would just kind of listen to these yeah, messages at times. Right. Yeah, um, we operate truly on the best interest of the child. Um, and that's sometimes a little bit difficult to come to in that, we have to put our own biases aside on everything when when we're serving these children we can't have preconceived ideas of what family looks like we can't have preconceived ideas of wealth or poverty or you know what success truly looks like we have to look at what truly is in that child's best interest um how are they going to be set up for the most amount of success and that is 
different for every sort of child and every sort of family. Um, but aside from the fact that we, you know, in best case scenario, reunification. We'll always espouse best case scenario will always be reunification. Um, but truly, it's we look at the best interest of the child. So you, you talked about how, like, the training of the volunteer is so intensive, and you are the trainer. Yeah, but it's it's book, not as serious and as hard as... No, more of the time commitment. It, it, yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess I said it wrong. I'm not saying it's hard, but it's, it's it takes yeah, time. It, it takes it commitment. But I, I'm curious, like, what was your training like? I mean, because I can only imagine being able to train someone to handle this it, it had to be fairly intense i mean without a real no, right, no right yeah it's not like your background exactly like no from no. a teaching background i'm very aware of many many aspects of what you're saying because we had that in our school at all times and there's lots of services and different things you did for all of your own you students. knew who to call I, I yeah i mean and we were mandated <laughs> reporters too. Sure, I mean, right. so DCFS, I mean, I've dialed the number. I mean, not because yeah. you want to, but because it's the right choice. You know, yeah. and even if it's not true, that's great. We all want it to be not true and easy and yeah. cool, right? But, I mean, I can only imagine your level of training, especially, like John said, not having a background. So, to add an extra step to it, I'm the first in my position. Uh, it's the first <laughs> grant. I am... Uh, kind of making this position um i've made this position as i've gone so i just i took the deep dive approach and it was just like give me every sort of information that i can consume obviously i went through the training that i facilitate um but the amount of continuing education that i have gone through just to learn more about trauma to learn more about substance abuse to learn more about all of these different topics um how to serve lgbtq youth cultural competency um i just had to dive in i really did um thankfully i have an amazing uh team and director that are so supportive and so um have just like given me as many resources as possible uh so that that was fantastic but it was it was a lot of deep dive a lot of reading a lot of videos a lot of talking with other people um and getting involved with the illinois casa program and going through their training of facilitators um it was a lot from all over the place <laughs> that, that that's i mean I, I applaud your efforts especially when there was nothing else right i mean to mm-hmm. be the first i mean i well i mean we kind of know well, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's, business, it's yeah. like Ah, we don't know what we're doing on a daily basis. You know, we kind of figure it out and go for it. But yeah, yeah. we only had one focus. I mean, right? Yeah, I like, mean, gosh, where do you stop yes. on all of the issues to deal with? Well, that I think Eric said you never stop. It's constant, nope. continuing education. Yeah, and you know, we we pass that information on to our volunteers as well. Like, we we offer in-service educationals once a month. Uh, on a variety of topics, but then Illinois CASA, National CASA offers offers those, and we pass those on. Um, we employ employ our volunteers to read, consume um, whatever is coming about, and that's the thing, especially with like trauma informed care. We're learning more and more about the brain and how it works and how yeah. resiliency improves um, as as just time and science go on. Um, so a volunteer that was trained 10 years ago probably didn't get the same, same information in science that we have now. Um, 
So it's it's all about continue. We're all continuous learners, right? We are, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, right? So I'm getting better at it. <laughs> <laughs> so Casa itself can't doesn't take donations or anything like that. The one exception would be. Um, we take donations to our permanency room, and this is a really kind of cool concept okay. that we have. Uh, once permanency is established, our volunteer on a case gets to fill a backpack full of toys oh, and games cool. and books and uh, blankets and what have you. Yeah. Uh, as Cherry kind on of, top of it all. Yeah, yeah, as like kind of a congratulation, congratulations, you found permanency sort of thing. Um, so. We will always accept, you know, new books, new toys, new backpacks. Okay. Um, especially, you know, there, we we don't need any more hand-me-down things. We want new right, things. Yeah, it's, right, it's, yeah. it's new. It's this is yes. This is this special, special yeah. for them. Yeah. So um, I think I think uh, maybe in January we should do a casa night for your permanency room. I think maybe we should. I mean, I think that'd be really cool to do. We can do like ten percent of the proceeds for you guys and go shopping and yeah. It'd be another chance. I know you've done it before here where you've been available to talk to people about it. Yeah. And, you know, we can continue that educating process. But, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, and I being a bartender, the beer tender that works here, <laughs> uh, you know, I know the folks that come out to Keg Grove and they are yeah. absolutely amazing. And They are. Um, maybe we can convince a few of them to advocate for kiddos as well. Maybe. I think uh, we could. Outside of potentially meeting you behind the bar, what would be the best way for someone to reach out to get more information? Yeah, forward? so you can call us at uh, 309-888-5656 or uh, email me directly at eric.hansen at mcleancountyil.gov. And that's E-R-I-C dot H-A-N-S-E-N at mcleancountyil.gov. It's two really common names, but too many... I understand there spellings. are a lot of variants. I would, I, you know, if, if I, I didn't know you, I would have spelled it differently. Everyone says Owen. That's like I, I was going right? yeah. yeah. My nickname in high school was literally Mbop. Even, <laughs> even though it's the wrong <laughs> spelling of Hanson. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's uh, great. Uh, I think I'm going to play the music out. Yeah, you hear that? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> right, there it is. Uh, great weekend, guys. We'll talk to you again soon.